0: colored clown they call the sand man
1: tiptoes to my room every night just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper go to sleep everything is all right
0: I close my eyes then I dream
2: I'm gonna try to switch back to my iPad and see what happens. Look at that!
3: Can you hear me? Yep. Yes, we can. Oh, you sound yeah, better me.
2: on the iPad. Weird.
0: That is crazy. Okay. Maybe there's uh, something wrong with your dongle.
2: There's no dongle involved.
3: It's straight up Bluetooth. Straight up Bluetooth. So. But it's connected. Do you just
0: have a Bluetooth card in your?
2: yes Hmm. it it, it's a mac it comes with that kind of stuff already you know
4: exactly (laughs) well that's why you're having problems you should have let (laughs) me i hear you just fine rex i no problem exactly exactly It sounds like, like when I, my wife sends me videos It, and they it, it come does make it sense.
3: He's shopping. not using an, an Apple-certified product, therefore, he's having <laughs> Right, right. So well, no, if, I you, if you bought I was, the, the $600 Apple Pods Pro, they'd be right. working fine.
2: Yeah. Uh, I suspect I actually what's going on is my computer knows that some of y'all have sucky non-Apple computers. And it's like, we going to have to slow it down for those guys. Mm. So. That's what's happening. So um, uh, you always have a crappy computer experience. I only occasionally have a crappy computer experience. (laughs) At least I have a consistent computer experience. There you go. I'm telling you, spoken like a true progressive, we're all equally miserable. (laughs) That's right. That is justice. With that uh, unwarranted shot across the bow, taken care of. (laughs) Let's go back to a simpler time, Saigon in October of 1963.
3: Oh, the middle uh, days. Definitely a simpler time. Things were so black and white. It was great, exactly.
2: Right? Yeah. And I noted that uh, when I listened back to our last episode that uh, I, in fact, misstated that we were in April 1963. Uh, and someone wrote that in the uh, notes, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, no, we're actually in October of 1963. This is session eight of Fall of Delta Green 1963. We have a full team of agents with us tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, We will do quick introductions and quick drinks, and then we'll kind of talk about where we are, and we'll do some role playing for a little while. Uh, So, Ty, why don't you tell us about your character, and what are you drinking this evening? I'm uh,
4: playing Willie Kane, uh, who is uh, an American based at the local embassy, uh, most likely uh, working under the auspices of the CIA. Nobody's really sure. Um, and I've left my drink in the other room, but I'm pretty sure it's ice water.
5: Excellent. Uh, and Mark? Yeah, I'm playing Greg Lamont. Um, naval... Uh, Naval intelligence officer into uh, his cover is to, uh, like, uh, observe the North Vietnamese uh, naval traffic in the area. And I am drinking uh, coffee. I got proper coffee today. It's not the instant one. Mm. And uh, Pellegrino. Wow.
2: Nice mix. Mm. Uh, and mm-hmm. Jesse?
3: I uh am playing my my good old uh
6: Jack Cooper
3: who um is uh an activist uh in in Saigon. He's a former uh US uh, army guy served in Korea, and uh, he lives with his Vietnamese wife outside Saigon, trying to help out the uh, the Buddhists, because they're, they're experiencing some issues, you know, just minor things that I'm sure it'll blow over. And I am drinking a Coke Zero. Nice. That
6: leaves Jason. That's me. Playing
0: Lin Sung, she is a, uh, an interpreter by day, interrogator by night, uh, working with the Central Intelligence Office of the Republic of Vietnam. Uh, she is a good Mandarin by upbringing, a good Catholic uh, for, the, for the visibility of it, uh, kind of a folk religion animist uh, by family. I am drinking a whiskey highball. Mm, nice. And we'll probably have a couple more. I'm not going to the there office is. tomorrow. I am working, but... guess this, this game's going to make me mad. <laughs> Excellent.
2: Uh, and I uh, am going to work early tomorrow. Uh, and I managed to spend...
6: Probably about... Four
2: of eight hours at work today. So, like basically half of my day, about four hours of uh, work today, I spent getting about 15 minutes of work, work done, um, uh, which was just fantastic. So, but I get to go back tomorrow, and I'm hoping <laughs> that everyone understands. Uh, actually, at some point in time, someone said, Well, uh, I could talk about this situation. We could make some. I could give you. I could give you some progress on the situation. I said progress is not a word I would associate with anything that has taken place today. And then everybody's like I kind of. They all started looking at the floor, and I'm like, call them like I see them. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I even me, argue, huh? They were. They were just like you. are The puppies all knew that they had peed on the floor. Um, and uh, they were, <laughs> yeah. There's, everybody in the room knew this, the status of why nothing was getting done, so, uh, or why nothing was ready to be done, let's put it that way. Uh, in any event, again, not 1963, not uh, Saigon, a simpler place where everyone always gets things done in an efficient manner. Um, Housekeeping, before I forget, uh, the black book is up, and it looks like everybody is logged in. Um, Willie Kane can restore his stability to a positive one. And actually make that a positive two, and Greg Lamont can also restore his stability to positive two. Okay. And when we kind of wrapped up, we faded to black with Lin Seng finishing her conversation with uh, um, uh, Colonel Tung, the third most powerful man in the DM regime. He was kind of the overall head of special forces. Uh, But Willie technically was still at the Hotel Majestic, having dinner with Sophia and observing some interesting dining arrangements across the way. And Greg Lamont was still out with the South Vietnamese Marines who Mm -hmm. were thrown a curveball when they were asked to not practice amphibious assault tactics, but rather practice urban combat clearing operations. So uh, I kind of want to give each of you a chance Well, let me back up. Um, I did a recap in our shared Google Doc. Uh, So does anyone want to take a look at that and see if they'd like to add something to that or use that as a prompt to move forward? But my thought was that i Mm -hmm. give Willie Kane and Greg Lamont a chance to either talk a little bit more about how those things closed out Uh, Before we move to the next
6: day,
5: yeah, I think with I think Greg is the main thing on his mind is why all of a sudden they're worried or they're interested in practicing urban combat rather than you know why the why the change in the in the plans like what is wheels start spinning why they're gonna you know what kind of operation might they start. Thinking about planning, right? Based on urban combat and that kind of thing,
2: and you definitely get the sense that it wasn't the uh, you know Marine battalion, the South Vietnamese Marine battalion commander's idea to throw his guys a curveball. He was ordered to change his training up by General Den, and as just a reminder, General Den is the commander of uh, the Arvin Third Corps. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is centered in the Saigon area and basically is responsible for Saigon and the area immediately around Saigon, um, particularly to like the northwest and north of Saigon. Uh, four Corps is responsible for the Mekong Delta, I Corps is up by the quote unquote DMZ. And then second core is kind of the central highlands. So that's, and that would be something that pretty much everybody in this group would know to a greater or lesser extent. Okay.
6: Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Uh,
2: Willie. um, did you want to do anything with the, the wrap-up? You know, you were at dinner with uh, mm-hmm. Sophie. And that was kind of helping you kind of get centered again. But then you uh, noticed that uh, Lucian Conane, who's a big-time, you know, almost a legend in the CIA, um, was at the Majestic having dinner with General Den commander of Saigon's Third Corps. And if some guys that look like General Den's staff, too far away to hear what they were saying, but you didn't realize Conan was in country, and you certainly don't know why he's in country or what he is um, working on. He, you know he wasn't at the embassy earlier in the day when you had your all-hands-on-deck meeting. Um, so I didn't know if you wanted to do anything else with that, and if so, what that thing might be. Uh, a couple
4: of questions here. Uh, let's see. It's General Dien with an N, but the I N H. Oh, H. Okay, never mind. Um, so yeah, yeah. The 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 dinner with Sophie went well. Uh, she was someone I could confide in and and talk about. However, upon seeing Lucian and the uh, the uh, the general. I, I become noticeably distracted, and I've I've started to tune her out. And at some point, she gets frustrated and Willie, you never change. <laughs> she she throws down, da- throws down her napkin and and storms out. So I, I've been able to use her for my stability, and <laughs> nice. not necessarily kicked her to the curb. Uh, she chose to left. I'll I'll tell myself, but exactly. uh, definitely, I've just dist- been distracted by the the scene that i see a couple of tables away um, does the general and his responsibility for third core uh does that i know there were some other connections or other leaders that applied for applied to us uh, uh special ops um uh, but does he have any response does the general have any responsibility for that and and the, and the reason i ask is i'm i'm starting to you know, obviously something's up, but I'm I'm having trouble reconciling, you know, while over at the embassy we're getting this stop supporting special forces message. But then hey, here's a CIA officer meeting with a general who, to my question, does he have special operations responsibility as well, meaning someone's working under the
2: table? Right. No, uh I would say that the Again, the term special forces in this circumstance, this setting, very much applies to the CIA-funded, CIA-trained forces that work mm-hmm. for uh, Lee Kuang-tung, who reports directly to um, uh, Ngo Ngu, uh the brother, you know, brother Ngu, uh brother of the president, uh, Diem. Um, You know, and that force is paramilitary in nature, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's in no way part of, well, in no meaningful way is it part of the Arvin.
4: Yeah. So the general, he commands regular forces.
2: He commands regular forces. Yeah. Right. Okay.
4: Um, And I, I think I may know the answer to this or, or the question to my own question would uh do i know conian con conian conian
2: you know i'm not quite sure how it's pronounced when i listened to a book and his name came up i it seemed like it was conan was the way okay. it was pronounced um
4: i'll go with that it's pretty straightforward uh, yeah conan would i know do do we know each other would he recognize you, me
2: you can tell me that
4: Actually, well, P- See, i knew, P- i knew P- that was going to be a-
2: Exactly.
4: Um, <laughs> no, he's he's too he's too senior. He's too he's got his own avenues. You know, only by reputation do I know him, and I'm I'm too small for to, for him to know me. Okay. So after after Sophie, so so I, they're still having dinner and discussions. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Yeah. So Sophie storms out. You know, she throws her napkin on the chair and. Gets up and leaves, makes a little bit of a scene, and I try to. uh, I I make my way over to the to the bar and uh, order a drink, and I I, you know, uh, keep my eye secretly on their table and see what seeing what they're up to, like if they're going to split up or leave or when they finish. Okay.
2: Um, and let's take a look at the black book for a second and see what Willie Kane has that would be relevant to this. Um, brum, brum, brum. I suspect crafts is probably going to be the wheelhouse I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Willie's got trade Um So you're watching, and one thing that you notice is at one point, you know, uh, Again, you're you're. I assume you're trying to err on the side of of not being picked up as an eavesdropper, yeah. slash somebody who's watching it. So, um, yes, yeah. so you're being cautious about what you're doing. Um, so, at some point, you notice you you don't know exactly what they're you, you don't know what they're saying. You can't really sure. make out what they're saying. It, it seems to be. Um, an animated conversation, but not not in an angry way, but there's definitely like a lot of give and take going back and forth. But at one point you notice that Conan uh, takes uh, some keys out of his pocket and kind of sets it on a table. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, uh, one of uh, Ben's aides gets up, you know, to excuse himself at the table. And mm-hmm. walks by Conan and just, you know, casually sweeps the keys mm-hmm. off the table uh, and keeps walking. So, you would think, in your experience, mm-hmm. that, that that was, you know, a a not a completely secret handoff. You know, it was like a brush pass type thing, but it was a kind of a classic. I don't want to directly hand these person these keys, but I want them to have these keys. So I'm just going to do this. And after people lose interest in the keys, he's just going to conveniently pick them up and, right. and walk. Right. So now you got a staffer of General Den, uh walking out uh, of the dining room with some keys that Conan gave him.
4: And is Conan, is he the only American at the table?
2: He is the only American at the
6: table.
4: Okay. Hmm have a theory on what those keys are um
6: i do as uh, well
4: uh <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna follow the guy that the staff member picked up the keys all
2: uh, right um, this is when i should have spent more time with the uh system it's been a long time since i really actually sat down and Read the uh, rules. I think what I'm going to do. Ooh. Uh, You know what? Let's do this, by the way. Mm -hmm. You guys have had enough downtime. Refresh all of your pools with the exception of the the guys who have lost stability. Um, Because I just realized, like, Willie has zero of six stealth. So. Because uh, you guys definitely had some downtime after
6: you returned from.
4: Uh, so, they, so Willie, who's low on stability, he can he can refresh everything else, or just nothing because of his stability.
2: I'm gonna let you refresh your other stuff. Okay. It, it, um I have to go back and read. I'm not sure that shaken directly impacts your ability to refresh it mostly impacts your ability to spend um, uh-huh. and I generally rules is written, the operations are probably tighter in, in time frame than I tend to make them and the idea is that you, you probably won't refresh much of anything or maybe just refresh a little bit uh, and that's part of the game again is the you know the spiral down where you have. Know yep. fewer and fewer resources, so um, but I noticed you were sitting at zero of six stealth, uh, Willie. So I, yeah,
0: uh, and if we had spent, would Black Book just show us? Would it be like because I'm not seeing if
6: I spent anything? Um, if it, oh, there we go, because I, yeah, there we go, yeah, got it.
2: And one thing I dislike about this interface. Is I don't necessarily see exactly what you like. I don't see your individual sheets, and if I go into your individual sheets, then it messes up everyone's ability to do stuff. So hopefully, at some point, they're gonna uh, throw that, you know, get get that to work a little bit better. Um, But it looks good now. So uh, Willie, if you want to, you know, spend any I assume you don't want this guy to realize that you're following him. Hey, where are you going?
4: Yeah, no, I'm,
2: uh, (laughs) maybe you do want to
4: blending into the crowd. I'm, you know, looking into shop windows and checking the reflections and trying to catch the right lights. Is he, is he, does he remain on foot?
2: Yeah. So he's going out. I mean, he's heading out of the, um, dining room and it looks like he's heading towards the, uh, you know, front lobby exit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's not gone to the stairs to go upstairs and the majestic might be classy enough to have an elevator, he's not going to that place either uh-huh. um, so it looks like he's going to be exiting the building uh, yeah. so he doesn't seem to be doing anything that would suggest to you that he's you know, counter surveilling or anything of mm-hmm. uh, that nature um, so it shouldn't be very hard to avoid detection, but it would be a stealth roll if you're trying to avoid detection um, so it, it, it won't be a difficult test, but if you want to spin,
6: okay,
2: it might even be an easy test
6: uh yeah, let's see uh, yeah
2: okay, yeah your uh. Trainers, when, you know, well, they did wash you out of field operations and said, maybe you should go over and talk to the, the you know, the handler guys. We need people to do that as well. But gradually we say, well, you know, that time you didn't get caught. So that's good. Uh, so you succeed in following him. He actually goes out to the parking lot and you notice him go up to a quote unquote civilian vehicle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he uh, opens the trunk of the civilian vehicle and he retrieves a small suitcase. And then you see him walk over to a different part of the parking lot and place the... uh, Well, actually, he hands the case to a uh, driver in an Arvin uniform who's with a um, sedan, but it has, like, you know, Arvin official flags and things like that on it. So mm-hmm. it's not a built for military purposes vehicle, but it's clearly a vehicle that is uh, used to transport somebody who's a, a whoop de doo in the Arvin. It's not a Jeep. You know, it's like a regular sedan type vehicle, and it's not a little crappy leftover French vehicle. So, got it. Okay. So,
6: nice what do you want to do with that information
4: uh does the this the staff member i've been following does he head back inside
2: yeah after he he takes the case over says something to the driver the driver you know steps to attention throws him a salute takes the case Mm -hmm. puts it in the trunk of that vehicle and uh you see this guy turning and he's starting to head back towards the front entrance of of the majestic
4: and is the driver staying, or is he driving away or just
2: he's staying he's he's putting i mean depending on how you split your time, this guy's walking back it looks like this the driver's putting the suitcase in the trunk and you' know, closing the trunk a and...
4: yeah. uh, suitcase or briefcase
2: I'm going to say small suitcase i, I it, it definitely was not something that you would call a
4: a briefcase a work briefcase, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye on the driver. Okay.
2: Uh. So the, um, aide, you know, heads back in. You know, goes in the front doors. He's back in. The driver's just doing the kind of thing that you would kind of assume. Anybody does when their job is to drive people from point A to point B and then wait until they're ready to go from point B to wherever else. So he's standing around, you know, pulls a cigarette out, smoking a cigarette, kind of of people watching as people go by. If a pretty girl goes by, he definitely, you know, uh, tries to stand a little straighter and make sure his uniform's nice and crisp and maybe chit-chat a little bit. So...
4: And I, and I'm sorry did the suitcase go in the trunk or did it go in the like the back seat Trunk hmm. Hmm.
6: All right I go back inside <laughs> Okay uh,
2: Um go back in you know, probably another 30 40 minutes go by Um, you know, they're done eating, their table's been cleared, you know, there's been some more drinks. The, uh, you know, the conversation seems a little more relaxed than it was when you walked out. Um, You know, you get the sense that if, if there was business being done, you know, the business is basically wrapped up. And now this is just kind of the small talk afterwards. And you get the sense that Conan's, Looks like he's telling stories. Um, cause there's, you know, like, again, he's, he's very animated, but not in a persuasive way. He's like making gestures and he, like, he stands up at one point and sits back down and, and everyone's laughing at various points. Um, so he, he appears to be entertaining them now, uh, regaling them. So, uh, and after about 30 minutes, they, you get the sense now that people are like starting to stand up and put their stuff. You know, napkins on the table and all that kind of jazz. You know, there's, you know, Conan comes over and, and, uh, you know, does the firm handshake, hand on shoulder thing with Den. And, um, you know, Den smiles appreciatively and they're getting ready to break up. You're going to try to do anything before they break up and head out, or are you just going to wait?
6: <laughs> um,
4: I am fine. I'm going to go steal the suitcase.
2: Nice. How does one plan to do that? <laughs> There's that part, I guess. All right. So, uh, you want me to jump over to Greg Lamont for a minute and see if he has any more exciting sure. nighttime adventures with South Vietnamese M- Marines? Sure. <laughs> so, Greg, anything else you want to do? The you know the Marines have been out there for hours. You know again, running through drills you know you definitely get the sense that um the investment that the United States navy and the United States Marine corps has made in these guys has been has been these guys seem pretty good they seem pretty squared away mm-hmm. you know their their uh um commander is a fireball, and you know uh is hard on them but not in a um jackass you know i'm in charge here way more of a, you know i'm trying to keep you from getting killed you need to do this better you know blah 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 like he he seems pretty squared away but a hard charger very professional um uh uh, commander
5: so uh anything you want to do any interaction
2: you want to try to have
5: I guess I'd like to um, sidle up to that guy, the, the, the okay. hard charger. And I I, I want to talk to him mm-hmm. and ask him, see if I can suss out any, uh, how, how do I approach this? Uh, I basically want to get him to talk to me and maybe let me know why this would, um, or, or what they're preparing for, you know, cause I, 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 I guess I, not privy to that information yet, am I? Did I, did I hear anything about why this would have, this exercise yeah, would no, have changed? No. Nope. Complete okay. surprise to Greg Lamont. So Okay. So Greg's going to talk to him. He's going to, you know, sidle up to him on him when, you know, while they're observing. And, and uh-huh. uh, I think I'm just going to start something like, uh, let's say, um, this is a pretty impressive exercise here. Uh, so what, uh, What brought us to the city instead of the the shoreline?
6: Hmm.
2: Well, you must uh, understand, I'm sure in the United States Navy, there are times when you receive orders that from your lowly station, you you wonder why am I receiving these orders? I'm sure you appreciate that um, I was prepared to conduct an amphibious assault. This evening, but I was yes. told that instead, this is what I'm going to do. So, I will say that the communists uh, rarely are uh, generous enough to line up on a beach that I can assault. So it mm-hmm. it makes some sense to me that the communists could uh, come into the city, uh, particularly if they have the assistance of traitors, and if they were to seize buildings within the city, then my Marines to come kill them in those buildings instead of killing them on a beach.
6: Aha. That's an interesting development.
5: So this is what we think the conflict, this is the direction we think the conflict may go then, huh? Um, let me take a look
6: at Greg Lamont's
2: you know the the and actually I guess probably he, this guy would be a major uh, mm-hmm. not a not a colonel, but he's a major so he he asked you what you think of the you know the work and the quality of of his unit is he's you know how how is your report going to to read about our
5: uh, our efforts here? Well i mean my report will be favorable i mean your 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 troops are obviously very uh what's the word i'm looking for uh you know it's tactfully sound or not tactfully like tactically sound um it's good uh good cohesion and all that kind of thing i mean obviously this i mean this is a new exercise for them i'm sure they're gonna tighten it up more as you as we continue to do these but um this is very encouraging first performance
2: indeed it is it's difficult to keep them so finely trained when it seems like we are never allowed to actually go and kill the communists Hmm. wonder sometimes if our training and our resources are here to protect against things other than the communists and you get the sense that after he says that, he almost regrets saying that.
1: Mm, and then he kind of,
2: okay. then he, then he, uh, you know, gets real interested in something that one of his companies is doing and he, he runs off and starts okay. chewing, some, chewing some ass. Um, <laughs> uh, so you're not entirely sure whether he decided to go chew ass because he didn't want to be talking to you anymore yeah. or if he really actually saw something that, that he felt like needed to be corrected. So,
1: right.
2: um, so I've I've done what I want to do in this with this Greg Lamont scene, but if there's something else you want to do, let me know and we'll
5: explore. No, that it. was a no, that was an interesting little thingy okay. like fly there, so that's good. All right.
2: Um and Lynn, anything about the end of your conversation with uh Colonel Tongue and and you know, finally getting to go home uh, that uh, you wanna do before I Get back to Willie breaking and entering. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think she has anything else. Okay, uh, so Willie, do you really want to try to steal this suitcase? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, walk me through <laughs> that. Um All
4: right. So if they're if they're kind of wrapping up, I guess I got to ask. Act fast. I kind of missed my my probably better opportunity to be um, okay. clever about it. Uh, what I remember about this driver, big guy, little guy, clearly
2: guy. How big can he be? Yeah. Um,
4: Military. Right. I mean,
2: yeah, um... but no, he, he, you know, looks like he's, you know, from the distance, your sense was he looked pretty nondescript. You know, he, he's in a dress uniform versus a, not like a full dress uniform. Yeah. He's not wearing combat stuff. He's wearing the kind of stuff that gets worn around headquarters. You know. and
4: his car was in a kind of like a parking lot kind of thing
2: open yeah it's, it's uh, i'm not actually sure how big parking lots were actually were in saigon at this time yeah. but it's, it's parked near the hotel you know but it's not in a secured garage or anything like that mm-hmm. it's parked on this on a street for lack of a better term
4: what's uh foot traffic like Medium. i'm thinking yeah. of witnesses
2: uh, yeah, this is – this. if you were to take direct action against the driver, you probably are going to have witnesses.
4: Okay. Uh, I'm going to – quickly, uh, rapidly walk <laughs> okay. uh, over to him, and I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> nice.
2: Pow. You're really doing this.
4: I, I'll, 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 hey. <laughs> Hey, uh, you got you got a light. You got a light. Is this, is this your kind way of, of kind saying
2: of... you don't want to be in the game anymore? <laughs>
4: uh, no, this is this is how unimaginative I am with with my problem solving skills.
3: He's he's oh, just okay. demonstrating the the U.S.'s subtle approach to, to <laughs> Vietnam.
4: Also, also, uh, also. Uh, uh, I forget what I was going to say, but yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to do this as quickly as possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna fake them with a uh, hey, you got a light. Kind of move, and as I get close to him, I'm gonna—I don't know—I'm either gonna punch—I'm gonna punch him and then ram his head in the in the into the the car. That's my step one
2: of my plan. Wow. Okay.
6: You know, I'm trying to remember the last time I had the
2: that reaction. It was either when uh, Juan Carlos pulled the gun on like the main muckety muck for the Cuban resistance yeah. community. <laughs> or when Jason's character kneecapped the guy. Yeah, I seeing... bring that one up. <laughs> Neither one of those I saw coming. Uh, I did not see this one coming. Okay. Anyway, so... Successful,
4: I think is the more important question. Um... <laughs> Define success,
2: right? Both, Both of those <laughs> had uh, meaningful impacts.
4: The there we go. That's right.
2: Uh, why don't you roll some unarmed combat for me? I'm going to say that this guy, the last thing on this guy's mind was that this American dude was just going to come up and sucker punch him. So uh-huh. just roll unarmed combat. It's going to be pretty easy to hit him. Basically, I'm going to look at your level of success and determine how successful this was.
4: Um, I'm sorry. How do I get their order right? I hit the dice dice icon and then I... And should I The the option of spending anything?
2: Yes. Oh, yeah. Spend on unarmed combat would be the pool you would spend from. There you go. Okay. Describe to me you one shot knocking out this poor driver who never did anything to anybody. Okay.
4: Okay. So it's it's actually a a quick two step move. I I you know I do the hey you got a light and I kind of lean in as if I'm. Got the cig- if I'm putting the cigarette in my mouth, as if he's. And then I, I use the closeness. I give him a, a forearm, elbow to the head. And then I grab him by his lapels and throw his head into, into the side of the car with a thud.
6: Uh, and.
4: And then I start looking for keys.
6: <laughs> Screw it, you find
2: keys.
4: Okay. Uh, I
6: go and the...
2: what, what are you doing with him? You know, you didn't hear him scream or yell, but there okay. are people kind of in the general area. So, like, what are you doing with his unconscious body at this point? Yeah, is time? he
4: unconscious? I'm gonna, I, I roll him under the car. I, I, okay. I, you know, shove him under the car with my feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
4: And then I, I, I get the keys, and I start checking the, the keys in the trunk. Uh,
2: one of the keys opens the trunk. Suitcase? There is a small suitcase in there. It looks pretty much exactly like a small suitcase you saw the staff officer um, carry over and mm-hmm. hand to the driver.
4: OK. Uh, I grab the suitcase. I close the, the trunk. And I throw the keys into a nearby bush.
2: Okay. And I, and I hustle out of there. Okay. And right as you're hustling off, you kind of hear loud, you know, boisterous voices, you know, kind of coming down the street behind you. But, it, you know, nobody's, like, yelling or screaming. So it doesn't seem like you were detected in this
6: excavate of yours. See? Hey.
4: See, look so at that. Get- I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready for secret ops.
2: I'm telling you, Ollie West would be very impressed with you. Uh, okay. So let's hit the fast forward button. Um, tie, tie, tie. Oh goodness! Um, <laughs> this is why we play. Yeah, this is why we play. Absolutely. See what happens? See what happens. Yep, yep. Uh, Any chance I knew what was happening? Completely gone. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say that it is the uh, next morning. Um I'm certain I'm gonna know what uh Willie Kane wants to talk about. But uh would you guys I'm assuming that you guys would have kind of a let's touch base regularly, even though we're kinda in this hiatus while Willie and Greg recover. So would would you all have like a regular meet at your safe house? Would that be a, a safe assumption? Yeah, I think so. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
6: All right. Um, actually, let's do this. So, uh, I want
2: to do things in a little different order. So, I'm going to say that you guys have a meet the coming evening. So, it's, it's morning now, coming evening, because y'all have your day jobs to tend to. Mm-hmm. So, um, Although I'm not entirely sure what Jackson's day job consists of on, on most days. Uh Jackson's family's still out of out of town or did you finally bring him back?
3: No, they're 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 still out of town. I Okay. They're they're gonna be out of town until all this stuff with the Buddhist settles down. uh um...
6: Okay. Okay. So and this is This is
2: why Rocket being down sucks, because Jesse and I talked about something on Rocket, and of course now I can't access it, so. um, So Jesse, well, you're gonna know in a second. Um, (laughs) So Jesse, in the morning, when you're getting ready to go out about your affairs, when you come out of your residence, Um, You're a little surprised to see a U.S. Army officer appears to be a major uh, with two United States Army military policemen. And then there's like a Jeep parked in front of where you live. Um, And, you know, the officer has been standing there for an indeterminate amount of time. Um, But when he sees you walk out, he's, excuse me, uh, Jackson Cooper? Retired Corporal, United States Army.
3: Good morning, Major. How can I help you?
2: Yes, uh, he sticks his hand out to to shake your hand. I'm uh, you. a Major Rothman. I'm with the uh, Judge Advocate General's office. Um, could I,
6: could we talk maybe inside? Yes. Please, come in. Right.
2: And the two MP guys don't know why I'm doing this, you know, it's kind of lounging around. He gestures at them to, to stay outside, so they don't follow in. So, now he's going to get knocked out, and who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, Willie pops out of the corner. Bunching <laughs> Punching <laughs> suckers. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, he uh... <laughs> You know you come in he and he's like, "Is there's somewhere where we can sit and he pulls a, a folder out, and he appears a little bit uncomfortable um
3: and he yeah, says we, yes we sit down at a at a table in the in the kitchen and i uh I offer him some tea
2: All right, and he politely declines uh and he says yes, um so I actually am here uh, I need to ask you some questions. About your service in Korea and uh, I don't want you to be alarmed at this point I'm just uh, I'm just asking questions to to gather information to assist in the in the preparation of a report so's um, been a while,
3: but if I can remember anything i'll I'll try to help
2: and he um, you know kind of goes through the boring stuff you know you know kind of the confirmatory you were you were a corporal and this was you were assigned to the seventh cavalry and what uh you know what regiment and what uh I guess technically they would have said troop probably. Maybe still said troop, not sure. Uh so he's kinda of going through all the basic biographical background stuff. And then he wants to ask you about that place that you told me about that I can't remember now. It's even in me... my notes. Oh, is it in
3: your notes? No Gunry.
2: Eh. No Gunry, yes. He wants to ask you about an incident that took place at No Gunry.
3: Jack gets very still. Huh. And his eyes go a
6: little dead.
2: And it's, I just need a, I need your statement, and uh, I really don't know what's going to happen after that, but I just um, – it's part of the process, and so I'm just gathering information. It's my job. I don't want you, again, to you know, feel nervous to talk to me, but just
3: – Here's what I want to know, Major. Is this going to get buried in some filing cabinet for – 50 years, or is someone trying to actually have justice done?
2: And it's interesting, because when you say
6: that, you get some,
2: you detect a noticeable change in his demeanor. Uh, initially, he seemed to be kind of uh um, you know a little bit awkward and a little uncomfortable and a little apologetic um you know almost like you know he didn't he wasn't comfortable doing this, but you know he had a job to do but at the point in time that you say that um his demeanor changes and a much more confident look uh comes uh, over him and just here's the here's the best way i can convey what's in my mind uh you remember the movie the usual suspects yeah mm-hmm. and the and the kevin spacey character um and basically hopefully i can spoil this to anybody at this point in time
3: yeah. spoiler <laughs> um, alert
2: at the <laughs> at the end of the movie when he is leaving the police station and his character changes, like all those just little subtle changes in like how he walked, how he act, how he looked, those yep. types of things take place. And he, uh, the major looks pointedly at you and says,
6: Mr. Cooper,
2: where this goes very much depends on you.
6: Everyone has secrets now, don't
2: they? Some secrets are dangerous secrets. Some secrets, if they were revealed to the wrong people, the wrong place, could cause great pain, could cause danger to their country. So, Mr. Cooper, what I do with this report very much will depend
6: on what you do. Well, I'm going to do the same thing I've always done. Follow orders. And he makes a note in that. Uh, and he says, Well, Mr. Cooper,
2: at this point, I'm going to indicate that I met with you. I'm going to indicate in here that you followed orders. I'm going to indicate that nothing else remarkable came out of our conversation. Now I'm going to close this file. I'm going to send it to a place where it's going to get locked away in a filing cabinet.
3: When the day comes that it won't do our country damage, you come talk to me. I'll give you a story.
6: Um, It might be best,
2: if you forget all the stories that you think you might know, And he gives you a kind of a wolfish smile now.
6: And he says, charming home. Thank you for your time. I hope we never have to meet or talk again. And he stands up and he shows himself out. And um... Jack has uh
3: his hand on on his bayonet um where the major couldn't see it and he's just white-knuckled holding on to the to the handle.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, Lynn, uh anything you want to do in the morning?
6: You're waiting for a message from
2: your uh
6: grandmother? I suspect yeah, and I think in the meantime I just go into the office. I don't think we have any you know
0: things that Lynn needs to be doing in the meantime. So she kinda goes and files paperwork and catches Good. everybody, catches the, the boss up on what's been going on.
2: Okay. And Greg Lamont, you probably spent the morning typing away yeah, on your evaluation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Willie Kane, what did you what did you do with your morning or I- your late night?
6: Um
4: I think I know the answer to this question as well. <laughs> kind of like the same one as, as the one I asked earlier uh what what does willie kane like i'm I'm trying to understand what he 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 thinks he thinks <laughs> okay about about recent events like i i know i I know I had this this kind of big drop in stability mm mm-hmm. Um. Uh, nah, fuck it. Uh, he.
2: W- uh, we. Uh,
4: I want to get back. Can I get? I, I plan on getting back to the our meeting place before everybody mm-hmm. else. Okay. And I open up the suitcase because I I what? stole the damn thing. Might as well open it.
2: Right. Let's talk about. <laughs> Uh, How well did you sleep?
4: Not very well. Tossed and turned.
6: Uh, Yeah. And do you you have anything memorable in your dreams?
2: Yes. Would that include?
4: I was dreaming of the
2: mountains. Yes. The mountain. The mountain. What you call the eighth mountain. Or somebody calls the eighth mountain. Yeah, that, that uh, seeing Sophie helps. Like you can definitely feel um, kind of a, a little renewed sense of, of control and determination mm-hmm. to battle through this. But uh, you were actually kind of disappointed when you, when you woke up and realized that freaking mountain is still there. For whatever reason, that is stuck with you and it's not going away. Um, so just don't know if that's going to be something you're going to do something with at a point in time but it's still there for you Um, so you basically kill time, make your way to the
6: safe house and you're going to open this uh, uh, suitcase?
2: that I am yes Um. So really, the only remarkable thing in the suitcase is uh, $250,000 in United States currency and <sighs> roughly, you know, you're not an expert on, you know, currency transactions, but a large mm-hmm. number of uh, French francs as well, mm-hmm. cash. Mm-hmm. That's really the only thing of, of value in that. Of I, interest frantically, or
4: value. I, fran- I frantically dig through the. the something's got to be here. Yeah. I throw right. money aside, looking, looking in pockets, looking. This is it. A payoff. You've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> mm. I.
2: I, I toyed with dramatically altering the contents of the suitcase, given your <laughs> dramatic course of action, but I, I was afraid that all I was going to do is screw things up. So I'm just leaving it with what was always in the suitcase, which was a large amount—clearly you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars United States currency—and then whatever you know French francs are worth. You know, I, uh, so, he's got this
4: fistfuls of fistful of uh, crumbled dollars and, and francs and. And then Willie kind of sits down, cross legged,
6: and goes. But what's the payoff for? <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> yep. Um. So, uh,
2: Lynn, um, you get a message from your uh, grandmother that she, in fact, has. Uh, Found the person that she thinks you should talk to. I need to go get my notes pulled up. And in fact, let's get those
6: notes pulled up. And let's actually double down
4: here
2: and get one more thing pulled up. Um, but she tells you that the contact you're looking for uh, is a an administrator at the Petrus Kai uh, quote unquote high school, the school that you actually attended uh, as a student uh, and that she would be able to see you in the uh, early afternoon and uh, she was done with her duties and that you were invited to come visit her at the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh And uh, Jackson, How how does your day go now that you've had um,
6: this encounter with your past?
3: Um, I'm going to head to my uh, dojo or whatever it's, whatever they call it. No, no. No, my martial arts. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right.
2: There we go.
3: And. work out some of my frustration
2: okay uh and uh you're pretty regular there correct yes and the uh everyone kind of notices that you're you know you're you're punching a little harder you're throwing a little bit harder you know a couple people don't even want to spar with you after a few you know a few different uh routines and uh, they're all kind of considering finally the the head of the dojo comes to you
6: Jackson has have we caused offense No I
3: I I apologize I should not have brought this anger here and I I
2: bow and apologize and and uh, leave. At some point uh, in the late morning or early lunchtime-ish, a young initiate from the pagoda brings you a uh, message from your abbot with a name and an address of someone that you could talk to about the things that you saw or you
6: believed you saw. Okay, and it's at a school, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: When did Jackson come to Saigon?
3: He came to Saigon in.
6: Doo, doo, doo. Uh, I believe it was. Ah, uh, hold on, I need to pull up my, um, characters. There we go. I believe it was 50... Yeah, it was like 50,
2: 56, 55, somewhere around there. Okay. Can we just agree that it was 56? Yes. Okay. All right. And Lynn in 1955, was Lynn studying abroad at that point? That would be when she was, what, 19?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so she would have been in France.
2: Okay. All right. Um. But I suspect Lynn, well, both of you to some extent are familiar in general terms with something that's commonly referred to as the Battle of Saigon that took place in 1955, uh, April of, believe was was it, March, April of uh, 55, and that's effectively when Diem crushed his the main rivals to his power, Um, and in. Uh, so, Lynn, you're making your way to the school, um, and as you arrive at the school, oops, let's do this, see if I can give you guys a picture.
6: Uh, let's see how this goes. Let's try to add this let's go to the file. uh um, more. Probably should not nah, there we go. Uh to so do that. So in
2: the chat on Discord, mm-hmm. I put up an aerial of the school taken earlier in time. Uh, but I wanted you get the sense of like this is a complex. This is a a place. Uh, it's not like a single building. Um, and yep. now I'm gonna yeah. Uh, I mean, this was a big deal when it was built. Uh, and the other reason why that's to some extent important uh, information is. Uh, both of you know in general and and for example, Lynn, as you arrive uh you actually see still um, some of the uh, scars you know where like there were bullet impacts in the building um that have been like you know stuck it over, but it doesn't quite match uh elsewhere uh, that during the uh, Battle of Saigon, one of Diem's main opponents were the Binzian, uh B-I-N-H-X-U-Y-E with the little mark over it N, uh, which was the organized crime element of Saigon, who had actually uh, contracted with the Bao Dai regime to provide security for the city of Saigon. Law enforcement. They would they would make sure that nobody was gambling, engaging mm-hmm. in prostitution, mm-hmm. anything like that. None of that stuff's going to happen as long as we're in charge. No. Um, and at in least fact, no one will be arrested for it. Exactly. Certainly, no one will be arrested for it. The statistics say we have no crime here. <laughs> um, so, uh, and in fact, one of the triggering events of the Battle of Saigon was when DM relieved the. Uh, chief of police for saigon who was a benjian um leader uh and that was basically his power play and they basically fought back so the benjin actually occupied um the school because it is in the cholan district uh, which is kind of the uh uh, the district of saigon that is uh, has a high concentration of ethnic chinese um and the benjian had a high concentration of ethnic Chinese. Uh, so they actually occupied that and had to be ejected from the school by the uh, Vietnamese army, uh, which they were. Um, but they, there was actually some battle damage to the school. And so, y'all are familiar kind of with that history, but once this is over, it continues to be a school. Uh, and that's where you arrive, uh, Lin. And you get shown into the office of Xiao Zhang. That's S-H-A-O-X-I-A-N-G. And she is a, we had talked in Rocket about the term dean. Um, Not quite sure I want to use the word dean, uh, but she is not just an instructor. She has administrative duties. She oversees you know, aspects of the education uh, and this school. I think the best analogy would be this isn't just like a high school. This is much more akin to an elite preparatory school um, where like, the, you know, it's highly competitive to get in. And if you get in, then you're well on your way to a life of success. Uh, because it's you know it's the first tick on your parade of accomplishments along the way so it's still a very prestigious school Um, so you get shown into her office and um, you know you notice in her office it's it's not ornate by any stretch of imagination but you can definitely tell she's made it her place Um, probably the most interesting thing to you Lynn as you are shown into her office uh, and is that she has displayed throughout the office a variety of items. I'll use the word artifacts, although it implies a little bit too much archaeology. Um, but the items you see, clearly some of them you recognize from your own life experience. That these are things associated with Vietnamese animism and folk belief and folk experience. Some of them are items that are used in, you know, that you've even seen your grandmother use. Other things are images that you're familiar with. Um, and, And many of them are items, but she also has pictures from some places in Vietnam you recognize, some places you're not so sure you recognize. But it's it's definitely kind of you can tell she's been here for a while, um, and she seems heavily invested in uh, the study of Vietnamese folklore, Vietnamese belief, Vietnamese mythology, for lack of a better term. So uh, she, you know, has you come in and you. Know, Uh, you know, please, please, and she invites you to sit, you know, ask if you would like tea. Um, And uh, her Vietnamese is, um, I mean, you can tell she's Chinese, but she speaks her Vietnamese very well. Like if you were on the phone with her, you might not necessarily know for sure or detect for sure that she wasn't Vietnamese. And she says, I, I hope that I can be of assistance to you. Your uh, grandmother is a lovely person and I've had many fond interactions with her in the past. And I, I find her to be a treasure. Her, her knowledge and her uh, openness about her experiences, and beliefs have been very helpful to me in my, in my time here. So, uh, But I do, I do beg of you one courtesy. Uh, apparently, I'm quite popular, and uh, the subject that you wish to discuss apparently is a subject of interest for others. So I hope that you will accept my apologies in advance that I have uh, s- scheduled a what? second meeting. <laughs> yes, someone else. They should be here soon. So if you'll, we'll have tea, and uh, as soon as I know they're here, I'll get them and, and bring them in. So,
0: Lynn just okay. lights a cigarette. Mm-hmm.
2: 1963. So got, there's an ashtray. Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They're better.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if she Otherwise does. Otherwise, I'll put it not. in like a monkey skull or something. Yeah. She doesn't <laughs> She doesn't have a negative reaction to it, but she doesn't. Uh and she doesn't have a monkey skull ashtray. That's so weird. Um, but she doesn't join you in a cigarette. But she doesn't seem to be disapproving of sure. it. Uh, and, you know, just make a little small talk. I guess, you know, uh, talk a little bit about uh, your grandmother. You your want family. To, and yeah. Yeah. Do you want to divulge that you actually attended school here?
0: I would, yeah. Yeah. And I I probably wouldn't have come across her attention, but
5: yeah, I'll...
2: Yeah. When, and you I will give you this. At the time that you attended there as a student, she was not on the the faculty. because okay. I'm thinking that you probably, you know, left there when you were sixteen and went to France to finish mm-hmm. your studies. That that would seem to be in my mind about the, the right time for that to play out. So um she was not an instructor there or a, involved there when you were actually there as a student. So, okay. uh, and then uh, the phone rings. Actually, the phone doesn't ring. She doesn't have a phone in her office. It's 1963 Saigon. Uh, somebody comes to the door and announces that the other visitor's there. She excuses herself. She goes out. Jackson Cooper, you're at the, the front gate of the uh, You know, the second picture I've shown you, Uh, again, you generally understand the history of this school. Um, You also see some signs uh, where they repaired the damage from the Battle of Saigon that took place. And then this uh, Chinese woman who appears to be in her 50s uh, greets you and invites you to come back to her office. And you walk in and there's Lin Fong.
6: So you guys can role play for a moment.
0: Quinn takes a big drag from her cigarette. And, um, she's sitting on the chair closest to the door, and she'll actually kind
6: of get up and shuffle to the the chair closest
3: to the wall. Okay. Okay. Um... Jackson Cooper is going to play it uh differently. He's going to say, "Hi, uh I'm Jack Cooper. Uh nice to meet you. You
6: are." Yeah.
0: Uh she you know uses her ring finger and thumb to pick a you know little leaf of tobacco off her tongue with her left hand and then sticks out her right hand.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: uh, Lin Wo,
3: pleasure to meet you, Lin Wo. Pleasure. I'm quite surprised that we we are both interested in the same thing.
0: And she's like, with her eyes, she's saying, "Do
6: do we need to do this?"
3: Uh, and his but his eyes are say saying, it. "Absolutely yes." And his brain is saying, "Man, I love fucking with you." <laughs> <laughs>
2: nice. Uh, and so, Actually, I guess she
0: she couldn't introduce herself as well because this lady knows my my grandmother. So,
2: right,
0: he would say okay. Lin, Lin Lin Lin. Sing.
2: Right. And so uh, she says, "Well, please, please, you know, Xiao Jing says, please be uh, be seated. Um, I, I have." asked both of you to come see me at the same time because I was quite surprised that within a very short period of time, two people that I don't normally expect to especially travel in the same circles, both reached out to me, both indicating that they had someone that they were close to, someone they cared about, who had had a troubling experience in an experience linked to the lore of this country, and that they wish to come get my guidance on it. So it's a very unusual coincidence. So I, I do hope that uh, neither of you is offended that I've asked you to come at the same time. I I must admit I'm curious how it is that each of you have have come to be aware of the same thing. And I'm curious to hear of your experiences. And I will be happy to provide uh, whatever understanding I can based on my many years of of studying uh, uh, here in uh, Vietnam. So Jack's
3: going to just jump in and and start telling her about where they were and the jungle and the um uh men with guns, he's not gonna be specific about mm-hmm. who who they were and then the 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 sort of shadow shadow dragon thing. Okay.
2: Um and she's she's actually taken out a a, a pen. And she is making notes, like writing notes in a composition book. And she's very attentive to everything you have to say. Uh, A couple of times, a couple of points she asks, you know, she interrupts you and asks a few clarifying details on, particularly on the flying shadow snake, like precisely, um, you know, what it looked like or did it have this feature or not have that feature? Um, You know, how you felt? you know, why you experienced it, you know, what was going on. So she's clearly um, extremely interested in what you have to say. So when he's done, Lynn's saying, how do you play it?
0: Um, I think with that covered, um, Lynn will ask about the the Eighth Mountain uh, and kind of play it from okay. the, you know, I understand the, the the black dragon, is often affiliated with, um, the eighth mountain, and um, maybe, you know, trying to get some information about the lore, um, you know, the history and how they're interrelated.
3: Well, okay. Did, did you stop by the the pagoda that's down there? The the people there were very. Uh, Very kind and friendly.
2: So I just just uh, to go above table for a second to make sure the players and the characters are on the same page. Y'all have used this term, the Eighth Mountain. Um, I don't know that anybody out in Anjian used the phrase Eighth Mountain. I don't believe that they did. Y'all were just kind of as shorthand, you know, calling it the the eighth mountain. Um, it... Yeah. So then maybe Lynn phrases
0: it differently. Um okay. You know, uh, and Lynn didn't ever see the picture, but she or the right. painting, but she's 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 okay lying. Clearly, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so she'll ask about. You know, paintings and visions of, um, you know, another mountain in the what is that range? Um,
2: uh, the is, locally uh, like this, yeah. out there is this is the Seven Mountains because there are in fact okay. Seven Mountains out there. Yeah, in Angeon. too. So, there may be and other mountains, the, but those yeah. that cluster is called the Seven Mountains. So,
0: um, so yeah, it would be somewhere something like.
2: You know, in the um,
6: in the seven mountains range in is it Bay Nui is that how you would say that Bad Badnu um, there there were
0: paintings and visions of of the mountain range with an unsettling eighth mountain and uh, and then these visions of this this black dragon uh, in the in the same region, just to kind of get the you know if if we can mm-hmm. get the full story yeah,
2: so she's taking because she's if we cop- can't
0: be if we can't have known each other, then I couldn't have been at the
2: attack right, so again taking copious notes on this and, and she kind of you know asked you a few clarifying questions about the paintings and where you saw the paintings and and you know um, you know what was there something distinct about this quote unquote eighth mountain a particular feature about it that
6: stood out um and I again since I didn't see it I'll give as much information as I can and Jack
0: didn't see it either, right?
3: I thought I oh, you know, you're right.
0: I don't think I, you did.
2: Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it was just Willie who had a very bad experience and Greg Lamont who shrugged it off. So,
0: yeah. so I'm kind of giving the you know the second hand account.
6: Um but I will yeah, I'll say that um you know, I saw it at the pagoda down in that region. Um
0: yes, Jackson, the the people were were very kind. They took great care of their their yards and gardens.
2: So again, she seems very interested. and Takes lots of notes, like you know, probably a couple pages, you know, based on what each of you have to tell her. And then she, you can tell, she's kind of collecting her thoughts and um, and and she goes into a very pleasant. Very scholarly, well actually um uh, you know woman explain uh, to y'all sure uh, what what's actually happening here, so what she explains
0: is and um, Lynn is very yeah, it's very like with the co honorifics and okay. very Lynn is expecting her to be the
2: expert, right so. What she explains, uh, number one, is that um, what Jack Cooper described encountering, and what Lin Song has referred to as the Black Dragon, is based on her studies, not actually the Black Dragon of Vietnamese legend. That what has been described to her and and she understands Lynn's grandmother's reference that this is a a common confusion she's found in Vietnamese folklore. Um, the thing that uh, Mr. Cooper has encountered is something that she would refer to as a hunter, and it is a. Spirit, not of the land, not of the sea, not of the air, um, a, a foreign spirit, uh, and, and and she takes the time. She then um, uses the term effectively to call it an alien spirit, but then she she takes some time to explain. That the, that the term "alien," as we might use it in the 20th century, is is not really the way that term was meant to be used in the time when this folklore and tradition came up. But this is a thing not of the land, not of the air, not of um, the natural spirits of Vietnam. It is definitely a foreign thing in, in legend and. Uh, the, the legend has continued into the 20th century she, this is mr cooper's not the only person to relate some experience with one of these uh these hunters and uh, you, you get the sense that she's kind of neutral like she's not suggesting that jack cooper or even hinting that jack cooper has a hyperactive imagination but she's she's very much presenting this in the from the angle of, well, this is what folklore and tradition tells us. She's very neutral on what she actually thinks it might be or what it might actually mean, just really just explaining that in her studies, her understanding that this is this entity, that it is a hunter and that it's a devourer. uh, uh, And it can be a dangerous thing. And it's a a feared thing. uh, but it's different than the black dragon. And in order to understand the black dragon, I must explain. Take some time to explain to you uh, something that we call jin, z-i-n, or shin. Um, everything in the in the folklore of jin, everything has a spirit. Uh, these seats that we have, this uh, desk that I'm at, this building that we're in, because it's made by man, its spirit would be very weak. Things that exist naturally have stronger spirits. And the degree of the spirit, the strength of that spirit ebbs and flows.
6: um,
2: Things that are more potent with the spirit Can in the folklore and uh, myths of Vietnam, certain things in particular, uh, for example, jade is often considered to be something that has a high amount of zin associated with it. That if sufficient zin is concentrated in a place, that that spiritual force can manifest in the world in a more uh, tangible manner. Uh, and in fact, the, the jin can take the form of a long jin l-u-n-g-x-i-n. And the folklore says that when there's sufficient jin present, that it can manifest itself, and in fact, its most famous and most feared manifestation is the black dragon, and the black dragon uh can
6: reportedly um, and
2: and she's looking you can definitely tell she's got a struggle trying to relay her understanding of folklore um but potentially also potentially rationalize it with with what modern knowledge might say. Um, That it can... How do you name an unnamable thing? Right. That you can... That it can... That it may not be bound by the laws of physics as we understand them. And that it may have the... uh, It's reputed to have the ability to... uh, cause madness in people, uh, the ability to cause physical harm to them, the ability to cause sickness. Um,
3: might, might it cause infertility in women who, who witness it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, That'd be a blessing to, to live. Yeah. Um, and the uh,
6: It is interesting
2: you raised this eighth mountain. She says, give me me a moment. And she stands and she goes over, she's got a bookshelf in the office and she, uh, she pulls a book down and she opens it and she flips, flips and flips and she finds, and she, she's there for about two minutes reading a section of the book and she puts the book back uh, and she comes back and sits down. Yes. I just, I wanted to, to make sure that I was uh, correct on this. If I was really cool, I would have been pulling my notes up while I was describing her doing that.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> I thought that's what you're doing. <laughs> I
2: was. I got, got got so caught up in the description. I forgot why Bamp. I was. Yep. Yep. Um, gets up again and goes back to the bookshelf. <laughs> yep. So now I really know what I was talking about. Uh, so there's a particularly, um, uh, there's a particular tale of the black dragon and a time when the black dragon was, was powerful and um, had great sway in Vietnam until it was uh, defeated by a hero whose name has been lost to, to time. But when the Black Dragon was defeated, it, could not be dest- it was defeated, but it was not destroyed into its entirety. Um, the hero defeated the Black Dragon by striking it in the heart and actually shattering its heart. And its heart shattered into three separate pieces. And in order to protect from the black dragon rising again, those three priests were uh, hidden away in different locations to uh, avoid the possibility that someone might try to reunite and resurrect the black dragon. Uh, And the legend has it that uh, one of the pieces was hidden in the city that we now call Hue. Um, that one was uh, hidden somewhere in the place that we now call the Mekong Delta. But the interesting thing is that the third piece was supposedly hidden uh, on a lonely mountain. Unfortunately, the location of the lonely mountain um, was not recorded in the folklore that I have ever uncovered. I, In fact, what I'm aware of is at different places in Vietnam, there are claims about different mountains being the Lonely Mountain. It doesn't seem clear to me in the history that there's any agreement as to, to which mountain actually is the Lonely Mountain. Um, so I suspect that this painting that you saw that was distinct from the mountains you could actually uh, see in your in your location, but that is a reference to the Lonely Mountain. The so folklore would say that the spirit of the Lonely Mountain is very strong because the black a piece of the Black Dragon's heart is there. Um, and the folklore would say that would cause Essentially, cause that image to uh, uh,
6: have great power and great effect on one spirit when one saw it. Is there any record through time of
0: the, the the pieces of the heart actually existing in in way or
6: the delta? Um, there are. Uh, fewer well are there stories of monks or priests or
2: there certainly are stories throughout uh, time of of people who claimed to possess a piece of the black dragon's heart um, and attempted to use that to gain some form of uh, power in the real world, whether it be spiritual power through obtaining worshippers, whether it was intended to um, uh, suggest uh, military prowess or political leadership. But again, the, the stories there are very scattered. They're very local. Uh, and it is, it is difficult for me to say where, where any of these things might be if they, in fact, existed. Again, I... I,
6: I, um, I
2: pride myself on respecting the beliefs and the experiences of those people that I interview uh, when I do my research uh, and, and try to gain my understanding of the beautiful Mythology and lore of this country, um, and so i don't please don't take offense at anything I've said. It sounds like uh, particularly you, Mr. Cooper, have had a most horrific experience, and one which is not surprising, given the horror of the war that is being visited upon this country um, but that this is what the folklore uh, would tell you about the, the observations that you have. Now, again, there are those who will take that folklore and claim extreme abilities, the ability to be a sorcerer, the ability to cast spells on someone. Um, I, I believe, in my experience, that most of those people are simply making those claims to advance a very mundane Real world interests and objectives. But the claims are out there. You certainly have found some of the more troubling aspects of Vietnamese folklore and
6: mythology. I'm going to encounter it, you must be a brave man. Are you talking you. to? Xiao Zhang.
2: Oh, you're talking to Jack Cooper. Got it. Yeah, Jack Cooper. Okay, nice. Uh, so we can go above table for a moment to make sure the players have, like, we don't have to role play this out. Uh, like, if there's more questions you have or more clarification you want, you know, she, she's going to spend a long time talking to these characters uh, if they, they choose to spend a long time with her uh, so I don't, I don't want y'all to worry about like how do I roleplay this versus this oh, is what okay. I actually want to know so. so I think we, we want to
3: know how how to defeat it
6: or even if we can defeat it
2: the folklore would say that the three pieces of the heart, um, again, might provide power um,
6: to those who
2: could tap into its power. Although the folklore might suggest that, in fact, those who are foolish enough to pursue this are not so much tapping into the power of the black dragon's heart, but rather, they are now a means for the Black Dragon to reassert its power in the world. But they have foolishly made themselves available to the Black Dragon. The hero who defeated the Black Dragon was unable to destroy the heart, just shatter it into its uh, three pieces. Uh, the folklore talks about banishing the heart but it does not give unfortunately in your circumstance any specific instruction on how one might do that
3: if one were to encounter this heart or a a fragment thereof where where would you take it to be safe
6: Well, if you were
2: to actually encounter something of that, his, his, and she's like barely on the seat now, like excited, but it's like nerdy, uh, geeky excitement. You know, uh, an artifact that's a central piece of Vietnamese lore um, would be a thing that should be studied. It should be in a museum. Uh for people to to see and an opportunity for us to teach and and study more so if if you were to cover such a thing i I would think that it would need to go to the finest repository of cultural items that we could find.
3: Did you not just tell us that it's related to the black dragon?
6: As long as the pieces aren't combined. Hmm. Each of you roll a d6 for me. Um... Oh, that didn't work. Yeah, there's some way I thought to, there was a dice roller in there yeah
2: it's yeah. it's not easy it, it, it's not embedded in the black book per se there's but like, there's there's a like dice icon though is there no maybe there is oh that just basically says i'm getting roll, ready to roll something uh-huh. um so now i gotta get back to where
6: is my roll? um there's a. Come on. Uh, let's try. Uh... <laughs> I thought we did this before.
2: Yeah, we did. Um, so I let's think the try. bot's not here anymore. No, I think we have to trigger it with these BB commands. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yep. Uh, yes, yeah, so I just pulled up BB roll. Nice mm-hmm.
6: I think you you need one d six yeah oh. yeah,
3: I rolled a one <laughs> all that work for one, I mean, you're staying on brand.
4: <laughs>
3: I rolled to two, so okay. we're we're doing great here, <laughs>
6: <laughs> Sit back listening,
3: yeah, um. So,
6: uh, anything else?
2: She, she um, doesn't seem to be stepping out of her academic role and embracing the – well, if this shit was real and right. – we didn't want the world to end or terrible things to happen what what the f would we do to stop it like she's not there yet so and i didn't i didn't phrase it that way to suggest to you that but if you press this button then she will be there you yeah, know
3: i mean i i i'm sure jack covered the the guy getting you know torn to shreds uh right. so if that doesn't really uh sway her then. I think, I think we have all the information we can get. <laughs> okay.
2: Lynn, anything else you want to try to get out of this?
6: Um Lynn's gonna try to hang back after
2: after we're done. Okay. So she she thanks you for your time and your interest, and again she's apologetic for for bringing the two of you together because she but she thought it was so interesting that two different people would have such a similar request she wishes each of you the best of luck in uh, finding answers and she hopes in some small way that she's at least given you a sense of of where these stories come from and why they exist and, and maybe that'll help you with whatever you're trying to accomplish
3: Thank yeah, thank you very much. And uh Lynn, it was nice meeting you. You perhaps, as well. Uh, perhaps we Maybe all we'll meet again. again. All
2: right. Uh so Jackson, you're making your way out. Lynn, uh are you uh so you're hanging back? What are you trying to accomplish?
0: I think I I busy myself as Jacks Jackson makes his w- way out. I'm like looking at a book or a relic on the shelf or something just to kind of bide the time. Uh, And then if he steps out, uh, I'm kind of assuming, I'm picturing she maybe has a shrine of some sort. Um, I'll drop some coins in the shrine.
1: Um, In the Uh,
6: offering plate. So here's what's interesting. She does not
2: have um, a shrine that you would associate with animism. In fact, what she has is some um, uh, fairly standard type Catholic, you know? Okay, like sure. She's got a she's got a cross and a rosary, and then there's like a painting of Christ on, you know, a small one on one of the walls, and a, a you know icon of Virgin Mary on one of her. Uh, Bookshelves, so pretty standard stuff you've seen in a lot of places. So you don't you don't necessarily assume that she's a hardcore believing Catholic. That, that it may be just the that's the club you have to be in in order to mm-hmm. have a job in South Vietnam at this point in time. So yeah. Lynn's familiar.
6: Yep. Um,
2: so then, yeah.
0: So Lynn will put some coins, like, stacked neatly
6: near, you know, like the Porcelain Crucifix or, you know, something like that. Um,
0: And he's wanting to know if she, and she kind of hedges, and she's trying to find the way to ask.
6: and she finally just kind of spits out is would would a would a piece of the heart be able to act as a weapon she looks intrigued at that question I assume you mean
2: something greater than simply using it like a rock to smash someone.
6: Yes. Something powerful.
2: Well, the black dragon in legend is extremely powerful. Again, it has the ability to move in defiance of what you and I would call the laws of physics. It has... Uh, reputed the ability to invade someone's mind and inflict mental trauma or possibly even control them uh, it's been said that the black dragon can make people ill or uh, violently uh, smash them or hurt them so i would if that's true then i would assume that a piece of the black uh, dragon's heart would would And again, I I just want to refer you back to what I said before. All this comes from the Jin spirits. And it's the concentration of the spiritual power of the land and the air and the water, the wind. Um, When that becomes concentrated, it can manifest and affect the world around it. So uh, to put on the place... uh, I don't see why it would not be able to, to some small extent, do the same things that the Unified Heart and the restored Black Dragon would be able to
6: do. You think it would be effective against itself? Hmm. I never considered that possibility. She's, she's taking some time. I don't see why it
2: wouldn't. It's, it's difficult to ascribe logic to the stories of, of lore, but given the stories and what they say, that I can't think of a reason of why it wouldn't. Um, I'll
6: stack up. You know, four more coins by the crucifix. And sure. Thank her for her time. Send my grandmother's
2: well wishes. Right. Uh, Jackson Cooper, are you going to loiter outside the school waiting for Lynn to come out?
3: Absolutely. All
2: right? Um, so let's do this. Lynn, you come out. Jackson Cooper is kind of loitering outside the school. Are you going to... Make contact with them or act as if you don't really know them other than just this first meeting and No, not you know. at all. I'll walk right up to him.
6: Okay. Um, why don't each of you roll Since Trouble for me? And then there's this a pool for since Trouble, so you can certainly spend. So Lynn's got a five.
2: And...
3: Why did it not roll?
2: Yeah, so I think you... It, and again, because if I go in and look at it, I mess this everybody is... up. But if I remember correctly, you click the die icon first. Then you click uh, the... Then you click. Whatever the skill and the spend.
3: Okay. I rolled a one, of course.
2: <laughs> Probably good you waited for Lynn. Probably. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Lynn, as you... Are coming out and talking to uh, Jack Cooper. You happen to notice that across the street from the school, um, that you're being watched.
0: Hmm. You, you well, don't perceive... if I notice, right? Yeah, so like I'm walking directly toward him,
6: and maybe I start right. to talk, and then right. yeah, walk past him.
2: Across the street, there are a couple of uh, your sense is ethnic Chinese uh, young men who and it's not like they're intentionally trying to it's not the intimidation thing where they they want you to know they're attempting to surveil you but you're a pretty savvy operative you've done plenty of surveillance and you're pretty good at picking it up so Uh, and let's do this let's help let poor willie kane and poor greg lamont role play a little bit tonight so i'm going to cut uh over to them willie you're sitting there in the safe house uh gobs of money, and a few other answers. Have you decided on how you're going to play this at this point?
6: Mm.
4: I, I don't know. Do we establish who my superior is? Uh,
2: the CIA <clears throat> is acting stations chief is yeah. David Smith who got elevated when John Richardson got outed probably by Ambassador Lange. Um, But in my mind, you don't really have a layer of management between you and Smith. Right. Um, You know, like he kind of keeps track of all the guys doing intelligence, you know, like gathering and handling stuff. And he keeps track of the guys doing operations stuff. Um, within operations, there's probably a little more of a hierarchy because of how labor-intensive operations are, uh, and and how much resources it takes. But for for you guys, the you know fact-finder guys, y'all pretty much all report to him.
4: Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm gonna go see Smith. Okay sir
2: uh, uh willie yeah what's uh what's going on any any good information out there? remember we are getting a lot of pressure from Langley to keep them updated what's happening, what the mood is, which way things are going, so well, hopefully you're bringing me something good,
4: yeah, well, I don't know if this is good, good, or good, bad, but uh. Uh I've seen uh Lucy and Conan in town. And you know what that's
6: about?
2: Conan's in town.
4: Yeah. That uh, struck me as unusual and not uh probably something that
6: we'd we'd want. Well,
2: did, how did, well you, do you know did he was... say
4: shit? Is that, is that what yeah, it's he true? Yeah he <laughs>
2: did Yeah. Like, how well do you know Conan?
4: Only by reputation, sir.
2: So, Lucy and Conan's probably one of the best CIA field ops guys that's, that's ever lived, ever worked for the agency. Does fantastic things, has done fantastic things. But the problem is Lucien Conan knows that he's probably one of the best field agents the agency's ever had mm-hmm. and he's had so much success that he uh he in some ways is bigger than the agency now at least in his mind mhm so if he's here he's certainly not here to my knowledge, at the direction of Langley. Um, so, who he's working for, or why he's working for him, I don't know. But the fact that he's here, and I didn't know about it till you just told me, suggests that it's not a good thing. So, where'd you see him? What was going on?
4: Uh, he was out with dinner, out for dinner with uh, General Din. And I uh, observed him for a while from a distance and uh, see what he's up to, but uh, couldn't Did make Did you say uh, den
6: or men? Den. Huh. Because if you'd said big men, I would have completely understood that. While Ty
2: may not react to big men or know big men, Willie Kane would certainly know. Uh, big Men um, is called Big Men because he's about six feet tall, weighs about 200 pounds, which for mm-hmm. a Vietnamese guy is big, mm-hmm. um, hence the name. That's uh, right there on the label. So, uh, and his claims to fame were he actually was the uh, overall military commander during the Battle of Saigon in 1955. Um and uh, led the campaign against the Ho Uh but uh, and he's very uh, very popular. Uh, but DM also figured out he's very popular, so he's basically you know Min's like one of the old boys, and Conan was from his time. They were big buds. You know, Conan was involved in the Battle of Saigon uh, mm-hmm. in the early days. Of the regime, so. Um, but big men's kind of yesterday's news. So, you know, so so that's all stuff Willie Kane would have known. So when Smith said, you know, I would have expected to see him with big men, you would know who big men is. And that's what you would know about big men. So, um, any players welcome to Google as much as they want. So, So. um, uh, I, I trust all of you guys. Um, so. So he's Smith's puzzled um, Could you figure out what they were talking about did you Did you put some of your training to use and uh get me something good?
4: No, they seem to be chummy, but uh uh what they were talking about and who was who was helping who didn't didn't uh wasn't immediately apparent.
2: Alright, well type me up a report on the on the observation with uh Conan and Den because I want to get this to Langley because I suspect people are gonna be in DC are gonna be pretty pissed to hear that he's in country without our at least to my knowledge, without our agency knowledge or agency authorization.
4: Yeah, I figure it was best to tell you, sir. No.
2: Hey, uh you look kind of tired, Willie.
6: Uh you've been sleeping okay?
4: Uh, well, sleep, it's been difficult, you know, uh, but uh, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking.
2: Right. I'd like to get you some r and but things are just too tight right now. I need everybody out on the street getting me whatever they can, okay?
4: Thank you, sir. I appreciate that.
2: Uh, All right. Get that report on my desk before you go There'll be another
4: time for, for a break.
6: Okay. Uh,
2: re- report before you leave. That's just... He's, he's real, real on that. He wants that report before you leave. I
4: love
2: okay, reports. Excellent. Nice. Uh, Greg Lamont, uh, also on the sideline for longer than I prefer. Um, any thoughts about what Greg wants to do with the information he has at this point, or you know, is he just waiting to fast forward to hook up with the team?
5: And um, Yeah, he, yeah I, I think he wants to – while he's in the office um, – doing you know his day job he wants to kind of comb intelligence reports to see if there's anything that um would kind of match up with the change in their training plans The you know the changing from the amphibious assault to the 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 urban assault that he witnessed or that he, he uh, observed um he's just going to comb through uh you know some of the files to see if uh, he can put any, you know two and two together Or see any hints that bring it, you know, tie it up.
2: Right. So um, there's no big red flag for you. You know, the the one interesting thing you do see, assuming that you're not just focusing on the radio intercepts that you all get with in regards to what the North Vietnamese Navy is doing, but just any other material that's coming in. um, You know that there are some places in a. I was a better GM, I would have the actual names for you right now. But um, there are a few places uh, in South Vietnam where the Viet Viet Cong have established a fair amount of control Mm -hmm. that you actually could use Marines to go in and amphibiously assault. Um, So there are targets out there that would seem to be perfect for their training and their equipment and but they're being kept in saigon and not being uh used for that and um you do get some sense from some of the other people that you work with Mm -hmm. that you know it's it's this is just one more example of the bullshit Vietnamese, South Vietnamese politics at work. Mm -hmm. That, you know, yeah, some of the advisors think that the reason the Marines aren't being sent out to do stuff is because Diem wants the Marines and the paratroopers in Saigon because those are the military units he has the most confidence in. Okay, he, He doesn't trust the Arvin completely, um, and, and, and yeah, the, there's enough institutional knowledge. Even though Craig Lamont wasn't there, I mean there have been attempted military coups against Diem. Mm-hmm. There was one in 1960, um, so it's not like Diem has paranoid delusions. There have been times when members of the Vietnamese military have tried to place themselves uh, on the throne uh, in. And so to some extent, it's rational on DM's part to try to keep the most trusted military units close. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the same token, they're the best military units. They're the ones who probably you should want out killing the communists. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, for, from the American point of view, why aren't you putting your best guys? Why isn't the A-team out there kicking ass? Why is the A-team on the bench uh, at home? So that's a, okay. a pretty easy thing to pick up. Yeah, on some level, you probably already do that, but now this is really driven home that um, that these guys are, are being kept in Saigon just to keep an eye on things politically, uh, more and, defensively uh, than
5: okay, right? Yeah, protect the regime from all. Threats. Uh, okay, and in sixty three was the was the Viet Cong um, like an entity yet? I know it, it kind of. Uh, yeah it morphed right okay
1: yeah
2: yeah i think by 19, i'm taking the position by 1963 that viet Cong was the preferred parlance i i my recollection is that dm and his people kind of coined that uh you know they were they were branding mm-hmm. uh, the enemy uh and that was one of the few things they did successfully that they got everybody saying viet Cong. so okay um so, other things yeah. that Greg Lamont wants to do? You can no, I look at the Google Doc and see if there's anything that leaps out?
5: Yeah. Uh,
2: I, I couldn't.
5: I didn't see anything that grabbed me right away. If I'm missing something, okay. I mean, he's going to get hindered yeah. in the right way. But uh, um, No, this is the downside of me
2: keeping you guys on separate trails for so long. As I, I do need to get everybody back together and get you all moving again, but uh willie, other things that you want to pursue
6: now I, well, so. I don't think so okay
2: uh let's uh do we have Lynn and uh Jack Cooper back uh
6: Jack Cooper's here, I'm here. Okay. Sons of Lost. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you want to roll a stability test, see how that affects you? Uh, right so down. there you are. You're standing outside the school. A uh, couple of uh, what look like ethnic Chinese uh, young men cross the street surveilling you. Uh, how are you going to play it, Lynn?
6: um I, I you know I came out
0: of the building walking straight toward Jack, you know probably lots of eye contact
6: um and then seeing these two, I make you know more eye contact and then just So I guess
2: I'm going to have two links, Jason. Is that what you're? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, Lynn saying, so where we were, I'm not sure when Craig dropped out, like just minutes ago, uh, you indicated that you were, since you know you're being surveilled now, that you were going to walk past Jack Cooper. And what were you, like, are you confronting me? Kinda...
0: No. So I'll stay kind of on our side of the street, um I'm I'm trying to get his attention drawn to them. I'm going to walk past um and try to without obviously looking back, you know, try to see what they do if they
3: follow me or if they if they're staying on track. Okay. So, Jack looks confused for a minute, but um just shrugs his shoulders and walks the other direction still did did not see the the guys uh, across the street
6: <laughs> So uh, uh, Lynn, what you observe is they seem a
2: little unsure about what to do. You, you get the sense they weren't expecting the two of y'all to go in separate directions. Um, And it looks like they're starting to follow Jack Cooper.
6: Okay. Um,
2: gonna sac- sacrifice him for the good of the cause, Lynn? No,
0: I think I'll kind of duck into an alley and wait a minute or two and then go back into that direction, kind of double back on them.
2: Okay. Try to keep a little bit of distance. Okay and uh, jack cooper were you going to go to a particular place
3: um
2: am going yeah, to go to a local, local
3: market shop for shop for some food
2: okay and, um, and this is in the cholong district so are you are you mm-hmm. going to a local market in the cholong district or are you going to go back more towards your home district
3: no, I'm definitely going to a to a market here, because uh, you know mm-hmm. there's stuff you can get in on that you you just can't get absolutely <laughs> correct the rest of society, so. absolutely yeah.
1: correct
0: you're just going to confirm Lynn's suspicions picking <laughs> up some opium or something, but right. hippie yep
2: um, and so Lynn, you can tell they're definitely following. Uh, Jack Cooper, uh, where he's going. Okay, I, and
6: I'll try to stay far enough back that I, you know, could hof- hopefully stay undetected, but keep them in sight. Give me a stealth More roll. More them than him. Give me a stealth roll, in. Not great with stealth. Oh. Ooh. Six.
2: Like a shadow, she flipped. A yeah, no kidding. Um, they seem oblivious to you, uh, it, and you notice that Jack Cooper's gone to a market. He's, you know, doing his shopping. Um, and uh, once they get to the market and they perceive that he's shopping, one of the guys stays watching him, and the uh, other one takes off. Are you going to watch the guy watching or are you going to follow the guy um, who's taken off?
6: I'm going to follow the guy taking off. Okay. Uh, da, da, let's see. Give me one. I don't really want
2: a death of, of a thousand cuts, you guys, by just making you roll over and over again to a trip points away. He had a six on that last stealth roll. So I'm going to say that you uh, <clears throat> succeed in following him and uh, he uh, stays in Cholon in probably about five minutes walk from where the market where Jack Cooper is uh, shopping. You see him duck into a building that uh, you're not strongly familiar with, but you know, based on your experience, is owned by a major player in the Chinese organized crime that survived the 1955 parts The Benzian were were shattered as an entity, but Uh, you know a cynic would say there's always going to be crime um and for some reason the uh, in Saigon, the Chinese seem to have a, a strong market share in organized crime so yes. uh, so you you know that place to be owned by a guy that is generally understood to be uh Chinese organized crime uh the 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 tenor at this point is after the Battle of Saigon, you're savvy enough to know that there's kind of an understanding now. The organized crime people do their thing and they make their money, but what they don't do is challenge the GM regime and they don't they don't flaunt it. They don't, you know, because the GN basically had a private army and they marched around and acted like they basically were the government and you can't do that when GM's president. Um, so these guys are much more low key, but they are definitely Chinese organized crime. And I yeah, think that's a good place to ask your question. As no, I was just going to comment
0: that that we know this fade. is this is kind of where Elaine um, Blanchette had been kind of poking around.
2: Yeah, and now uh, you bring that up. Yeah, it's the same general area. What a coincidence! Yeah. What a question. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing that some of you only believe in questions. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> uh and the camera slowly fades to black. Yeah. Session eight is in the books. Good session. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I I uh again I feel bad that Willie and Greg didn't get as much spotlight time, but I That's okay. We'll get we'll get back into the mix.
4: So I a dude. And stole two hundred and fifty
1: yeah. thousand
2: dollars <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good mostly day. <laughs> worthless French money, yeah, so uh well again, I just never of all the ways I thought you were going to play that, I never thought of, well, what if he comes up and punches him and just takes his keys, so I'm like, huh, well, mm-hmm. he did that, didn't yeah. yeah, yeah, so um. Well, excellent. I'm glad everybody had a good time. Uh, I still have the same fear that I always have in these games, where I feel like I'm telegraphing too much and you guys are like, no, we have no idea. That. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> That's how these games work. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I, it seems like everybody enjoys it, so I, yeah. I guess I shouldn't stress so much about it. Um, but we can take a moment and and do the thing that I normally do in typing out, you know, kind of my my GM observations. Um to go above table for a little bit so you feel like you guys have some direction. So our next session is actually next Tuesday. Um and then of course I failed to send a doodle out so we don't have any additional sessions and I would be stunned if we wrap up next Tuesday. Um so uh if somebody's had their fill of fall adult degree nineteen sixty three and they want to have a heroic death, um they can let me know privately and we can we can arrange that or we'll schedule some more sessions. But um so I guess first things first, totally above table, just as players. Uh questions you wanna ask about kind of where you think you are or where you think this is going or or like anything along the lines of you know could you give us a push or a nudge or a hint or a suggestion?
6: Hmm. What's I a shy feel- voice? No, just thinking yeah, um, not that I can think of. Yeah, so, I can I can't really either. So, I I'm
1: that I'm thinking that
3: I just don't that, know exactly what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that the one the, thing the, the, the artifact that they thought was the, the heart of the Buddhist monk is actually a fragment of the heart of the black dragon.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too
3: yeah so I'm
2: I think exactly. West I think that's a uh, very reasonable inference for the right. characters to draw at this point in time
6: Okay,
3: yeah, because cause there's that like, wait, I thought they had it, but no,' it's these other people are saying they have it, so wait wait.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, Jason, as our player with the most Vietnam-specific knowledge, um, do you have any recollection about Huey in 1963? If someone else has a recollection about Huey in 1963, they're also
6: welcome to... To share it? Like, what notable personalities
2: might be in Hue in
6: 1963? Um, well, the emperor is still
2: there. I believe that's correct. Um, um, who's the archbishop in Hue in 1963? George, I don't. Isn't it? another brother or relative oh, of him.
6: Jeez, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, oh yeah, there was some bad did. shit. Same well, there
1: was,
2: diff- yeah, there was some bad shit going on there as well. Um, <laughs> But there was also a strong connection to the DM regime in Hue as well. So, um, and that's something all the characters would know. Uh, uh, probably Lin, most of all, would would understand that you know Hwaye is very you, much a Yeah, there you go. I'd forgotten the name, but the No family is very strong in. Hue. Yeah, wow! I forgot he was the Archbishop. So, so that raises the question of why oliver west and the vietnamese special forces would be looking for the heart if it in fact was in evidence already
6: at uh you know special forces headquarters in saigon uh and willie you're going to keep dreaming about that mountain uh,
2: some point, you gonna do something about dream about that mountain. You gonna try to figure out where that mountain might be. I should. <laughs>
5: I'm not I think it, talk to
6: you. Uh,
2: okay. Um, so one of the things they say in this game is when you know, the, like advice to players is when you're not sure what to do, like try to gather more information and remember that this game has ways for you to gather information other than just the my character goes here, you know, is there someone with an exclamation point above their head? Okay, I go talk to them. Um you know, there's there's mechanisms for you to acquire information other than the traditional the character goes here, the character goes there. So, um so maybe take a look at your character sheet and think, you know, what uh, what I what might I have access to that might help me get information if I need information? Um okay. so and then obviously there's this whole sub thread on Lucien and Conan and yeah. why he uh handed off a suitcase with two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars and you know an unspecified amount of French francs to the uh uh core commander for the greater saigon area well
3: he didn't it was intercepted <laughs> well, <huh.
2: laughs> no no cert- uh, certainly the thread of why that was intended to take place maybe a thread of what people's reaction is going to be to that having failed um would be worth exploring. Uh, and then there's the whole angle of what's going on with the South Vietnamese Marines and, you know, yeah, why they're doing, they're doing what they're doing.
6: Yep. So, uh,
2: so I, I, in my mind, you've got, you know, roads to follow at this point in time. You know, I think probably the big one I would nudge on is Willie trying to figure out where that mountain is, um, get himself some inner peace, uh, and, like
3: there's some there's some good candidates for a lonely mountain uh, around Saigon.
6: Yeah. Uh, and I and if uh, we show up next Tuesday
2: and somebody says I want to go here, I'm not going to care how you intuited that that's the place you wanted to go. If it's if it's of value to this game, then You get there
6: so uh all right boys anything else i think we've
2: i was happy with the session even though i i felt like i left willie and greg a little bit cold on the sidelines but i feel like we got stuff done so yes i i I definitely have a vision of how this ends now it's getting stronger and stronger which is the way 1961 went with me as well so um Any other thoughts for the good of the order? No. I don't think so. All right. Okay. So we will see you guys next Tuesday, and I am going to try to get you the doodle out with some later dates uh, to wrap up. I I think I'm going to give up predicting exactly how many sessions it's going to take to finish (laughs) this. So... Uh, I feel like I'm just inviting fate to crap on me every time I do that. So uh, so I won't do that. But we're certainly closer to the end than we are to the beginning. Let's put it that way. Fair enough. All right. Nice. Thanks, nice. guys. I had fun. Hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. And yeah. yeah. I hope. It's good times. Uh, I'm going to trust... Uh, Jason, I guess if I have an issue with Craig tonight, I still have like a week to... Uh, Get to no. the stuff. I think you yeah. have 24 hours, 24 hours. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to make sure the
0: Oh,
2: no, you have seven links. Yeah, you do have seven yeah. Okay, and I've got two different links, so it looks like we're
5: going to have both of these. Alright, boys. Yeah, okay. uh, have a good night. We'll see you next week. All right. All right. Take care, guys. See you. Bye-bye. But just before the
1: dawn I awake and find you gone I can't help it I can't help it If I cry